Those Two Jerks is brought to you in part by Maverick Group, Maverick Group Experiential Technology. Need some nerds? Let's build something awesome together. Maverick. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Those Two Jerks, episode 124. I am your host, the Tom Alexander. Joining me as always, the Sussman, Rick Sussman. Hi, Rick. Hi, Tom. And the Vukani, Chris Vu. Hi, Chris. Good morning. Yes, it is morning. It is the morning of Sunday, January 7th, 2018. Uh, if you didn't listen to our year in review show, and really, why didn't you? Happy New Year to you. <laughs> well, so, if they didn't listen, I don't want to wish them a happy new year. <laughs> I figured. I figured that would happen. I figured that would happen. I'm a sucker, so they're gonna get a happy new year from me, even though they probably don't deserve it. Anyway, you gotta you gotta, you gotta ration those things out, Tom. You gotta <laughs> you gotta make them earn it. Right? <laughs> they don't get a happy new year till like the third date. We're playing well, a game listen, of bases. <laughs> listen, listen. The happy new year is a very difficult position to accomplish, and if you're not limber, it's just not gonna work to begin with. So you don't want to be a new year slut. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you too. <laughs> maybe you do Tom maybe you do so what if I do it makes me feel empowered <laughs> stop slut shaming me uh, no, uh, no, one, no one did can you do it to yourself <laughs> I think I did I don't know I might be the first person in history to do that That's, that reminds me of one of my favorite vines of all time uh, this guy talking to himself and he says he says uh, something along the lines of daddy is gross. And he says, stop kink shaming me. And he replies back to him, kink shaming is my kink. And the final part of the vine is the guy just goes, ah! <laughs> So, yes, I'm kink shaming because that is my kink. So that's, deal with it. That's fantastic. Hmm. I'm here to help. And we're on a mission to civilize. That is right. The mission renews for another year. Because what are you eating? No what are you, what are you eating? Honey nut Cheerios. Right, what are you eating? I'm having Cheerios. <laughs> the mission to civilize begins at home, Tom. You yes, you are absolutely cereal. correct. I need to have my own house in order, shouldn't I? <laughs> eating Cheerios. We have I am, footballs I am, to discuss. I am shamefaced. <laughs> I, humbly, I humbly remove my cap and ask for your mercy. <laughs> well then we should probably get to it yeah we absolutely should shaming each other yeah yeah well mostly shaming me i think that's what happened here but um yes it's it's been kind of it's been a pretty eventful first week of the year has it not oh well when when every day feels like a year the first <laughs> week <laughs> anyway uh well since we last spoke with our wonderful audience out there um audience the we had we you know the clock turned to 2018 and we had uh some big stuff happen in college football if you ask a certain school and some very minor annoying things happen in college football if you ask a whole bunch of other schools that really shouldn't <laughs> worry about this at all um and that is the UCF Knights completed their 13 and 0 undefeated season by beating Auburn what who is who is messing with stuff and tapping on their microphone Definitely I had to me. turn up the volume. Sorry. Jeez. <laughs> it's like thump, 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 thump. 
that is not my fault. All right, be just because Apple makes really weird headphones, and the only way for me to turn up the volume oh. is to touch the mic. Ah, uh, yeah. See, that's not good. That's not, not my good. fault. It, no, I, 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 mean, I am is, still but... clean on the new year. Goddamn it! I don't it. know. I don't know about that. This one. Uh, this one's kind of on the line. <laughs> I'm going to go to the tennis judges yeah. and they're going to run the computer program and you're going to find out it's fine. It was in. It was good. Go Talk ahead, about go your ahead. stupid give me football. A, give me a you cannot be serious, please. <laughs> I can't do a good McEnroe. Keep going. <laughs> anyway, so UCF beats Auburn in the Peach Bowl to complete a 13-0 perfect season. Auburn uh, from the SEC, which uh, by uh, many archaic measures is the Best damn conference in college football, which is just a <laughs> fucking lie. Um, and uh, Auburn, also the only team to beat the two teams that are playing for the college football playoff national championship, which are Alabama and Georgia. That's right. Auburn is the only team to beat both of those teams. And who <laughs> beat Auburn? UCF. So, And by virtue of being the only undefeated school in the nation at that level, UCF's athletic director, Danny White, my personal hero this week, um, <laughs> has claimed a national championship for the UCF Knights. And boy, did that set fire to college football. Oh, hair on fire everywhere. Like, like Bobcat Goldthwait lighting a couch on fire on the t Tonight Show, and he just lit a match to the whole establishment of college football and Paul Feinbaum, if he had any hair, would not have any left because I thought the man would have had a stroke at least twice this week. If uh, if we could, I think we all just need to take a moment and recognize that the UCF Knights need to change their mascot to um, Dave Chappelle's version of uh, oh what God damn it I can't think of the the singer's name Rick James Rick James Rick James, uh, <laughs> Rick James. and we we should just be the University of Central Florida fuck your couches <laughs> fuck your couch this is our title. You have seven titles. This is ours. You can have another one. <laughs> so, so if you're not if you're not a very uh, insanely versed in college football, let's kind of break this down. So, college football has a playoff. We've been bitching and moaning about it for months. The committee selected four teams: Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma, thank you, uh, to play for. Uh, the national championship, uh, Alabama and Georgia won uh, the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl to play in the national title game. So, yes, that's correct. Alabama and Georgia are from the same conference, uh, the SEC. Alabama did not win its own division, couldn't even play for a conference championship because it lost to Auburn, uh, and is somehow playing for a national championship. <laughs> not sure how that works. Um and so UCF, because it got locked out of the playoff and is the only undefeated team left and the big schools won't schedule it, nor will they respect it, uh, has decided that they have a claim to a national title of their own. They've paid their coaches their contractual national championship bonuses to the tune of a total of half a million dollars. Uh, they are selling national championship merchandise. <laughs> There is a parade at the Magic Kingdom at Disney World this afternoon. I will be there to celebrate the championship. And there's a party and pep rally in downtown Orlando, sanctioned by the city, 
Monday night during the national championship game to celebrate Again. UCF's championship. Say it with me, boys. Fuck your couch. <laughs> it's, That's, it's, yes, I'm please. glad that they've sold like a city on that. You know, like that's awesome. It's it's not even it, it's it's more than that. Even they've now uh, declared that tomorrow should be Black and Gold Day at public schools across Central <laughs> Florida. Orange County Public Schools is allowing it. They're basically any school that has uniforms. They're allowing the kids to wear black and gold instead of their normal required colors on Monday to celebrate the national championship. <laughs> And why not? I mean, this is this is a big deal. Whether you want to admit it or not, whether anyone wants to admit it or not, this will be until something changes. The closest UCF will ever ever get to sniffing a national title, because as we all know, as we've discussed on this show, when the season starts next year, anyone from the from the group of five schools that we've gone into a hundred times is already locked out of the playoff. They will not get in. It don't matter. So. I mean, if the if the Power Five is so up in arms and Booger McFarlane and Chris Carter and all the other talking heads that are so upset about this, why, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, you need a better schedule. Oh, you need Just shut up. Just go away. You know what? Let us have this. It's not like it's going to matter. We can call ourselves the national championship of my underwear and no one was going to care about that either. Just let it go. You've set up the cartel. There's no breaking through, evidently. Even when we beat one of your cherished schools, one of your one of your we were nine and a half point underdogs, correct, Tom? Uh, yeah, something like that, if not that exactly, and and we beat Auburn by seven. So that means that we won, according to the betting pool, by sixteen and a half points. So suck it. Yeah. Enough of this. Enough That's the of thing all is of this. like, what's the response? Like, the fact is, you see, have won. Like, yeah. What, what what is their like? What does the schedule have anything to do with that? Well, that's the thing. You know, they like, they claim that oh, our we went undefeated because our schedule was weaker. We played weaker teams, which, and if we played yeah, in the that. conference that Alabama's in, we would not have gone undefeated. We're not that good of a team. Oh, okay. Prove it. Well, that's the thing. You can't prove <laughs> that because we beat yeah. everyone who we could play. What more can UCF do except beat everybody? And they did that. Um, in a school in a sport where there are 120 teams. Uh, and no actual playoff tournament, uh, all you can do is beat everyone on your schedule, and UCF did that. There are, other, there are others who support this. You know, I, I've, I've seen it both all week. The debate has raged all over ESPN, online, on talk radio. Reddit um, has been on fire. Oh, Reddit has college it? Football. Oh, oh man. my God. It, it is, it, this is... And, and credit where it's due, Danny White has created the single greatest troll in the history of pro sports. Oh, absolutely. Well done. Absolutely well done, he sir. Has. And, and that's, that is the motivation behind this, which I'll get to in a second. But the first, the, the, the thing I'm noticing, and Rick, you're on Reddit, so you may have seen something a little different. But what I'm seeing the most is the Georgia fans are completely quiet about this. And it's the Alabama fans who are crying the loudest about all of this. Because it's, I, this I is the system necessary. you bought into. Yeah. You shouldn't well, have accepted the check from the Peach Bowl or even gone to the Peach Bowl if you didn't agree with the system. And, you know, this is the system. You know, we're, this is what we have. And you should just accept that you're not the national champion. Well, guess what? If you're going to create a system where no, no matter how well a group of five school plays, 
and UCF had the best season one could possibly have, no matter how well they play, they're not getting into the playoff, then this champion, as far as I'm concerned, is the champion of the Power Five conferences. That's it. And the group of five. No, 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 they are no. champion. They're the cha- champion. Their champion they're is the champion of the Power yeah. Five. The game Monday night will decide the winner of the Power Five Conference National Championship because effectively, that's what they've done. They've created two divisions in college football now at the highest level by saying, well, nobody in the group of five plays a strong enough schedule to get in, so you're never getting in. Like, you're just never getting in, and that's the thing they don't want to admit, but that's the truth. And I hear the arguments all week long. Well, UCF should just continue playing well, and they'll get invited to a Power Five. Bullshit, they will. It's not happening. But more to the point, like, that is an insane thing to say, because last I checked, Boise State still not in any Power Five conference. Yeah, yeah, and they've had multiple excellent seasons and beaten multiple Power Five teams. I... I don't know what else we're supposed to do in this situation. This this was, you know, all of the, the money boys getting together and saying, well, here's your nice trophy. Go away. And then UCF and, and to a lesser extent, all of the smaller schools, if you want to call them that, just saying uh, this is this is the line. You know, we couldn't get into the BCS game, even though our teams were more than worthy of it. You made this ridiculous playoff system. And one of our teams is certainly worthy of it. And you pissed on our faces and said, no, not good enough. Well, in one aspect, we can't get into your stupid conferences because, you know, you don't want us in there. And, and you right. don't want USF you don't want and you don't want the Boise TV State. Money. That's what it is. It's, they don't want to the, – the Big 12 is the only Power 5 conference that really has any room. And two years ago, they could have added UCF and USF. They almost did. And the University of Texas blocked it because well, they, Texas yeah, didn't want to share any – it's not just that. They didn't want to share any more of the TV money. They didn't want to break yeah. up a pie that's split 10 ways. They didn't want to split it 12 ways. Now, that's probably going to change in two years because the, the Longhorn Network, which is the University of Texas' television network, is going to go away. The contract runs out. Nobody watches that channel. You can't even find it on most cable systems. It's going to go away, and that will eliminate Texas's leverage over the other schools in the conference. And then maybe the Big 12 will invite UCF and another school, probably USF, uh, to join. And then nothing nothing says Midwest football like Orlando (laughs) and Tampa. Well, man, I mean, look, the Big 12 is like in West Virginia now. Like, I mean, the, the, the geographic names of these conferences is just it's ridiculous at this point because the Missouri's in the SEC and Texas A&M. So it's that went out the window many years ago. Colorado is in the Pac-12. So it, it's Weston. It's Westish. It's not on the Pacific Coast. Okay. It's Westish. Okay. It's, anyway, it's the specific athletic yeah, conference. The specific. Nice. Thank you. Um, so that's the one argument I hear. Well, we'll play better, and you'll get in a better conference. Well, that's not up to us. And then it's schedule better teams. Well, it's not like we haven't tried. You know, it's it's not as if UCF just chooses not to schedule better schools. The better schools don't want to play us. The way the system is set up, there's no incentive for it. The big schools don't have anything to gain by playing UCF because if they lose, which is a possibility because UCF has had some great years, this year one of them, if they lose, what what, what is happening? What was happening? Mm -hmm. There was a huge crackling there. 
That sounded like you were using some sort of like an impact wrench, Tom. <laughs> it did sound like that. It wasn't me, though. Oh, really? Was that my? <laughs> is that is that it? What? That? No. That's just me leaning in my chair. No, uh, oh. something something rubbed the mic a weird way somewhere. Anyway, oh, mm-hmm. whatever. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I digress. If they lose because UCF gets no respect and it isn't a conference that gets no respect, a big school losing to UCF looks very, very bad for them. And a big school beating UCF looks like a beating a crappy team. So they have nothing to gain the way the system is set up now. And UCF, but it's not a crappy team anymore. Exactly, but the, 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 the people who decide who gets in the playoff think that. And right. as you long as the system is crappy. subjective, as long as the system is subjective, that's going to happen. And so that is the real driving force behind Danny White doing this. He's driving the conversation about the corruption in the system, whether the playoff should be expanded, it should, and what we can do about it moving forward. Now, for its part, the committee and all the people on it are basically saying, eh, we have no plans to expand. We're not, we're not talking about it. It's just not happening. Everyone else in college football is having the discussion, and UCF has been in the national media every single day this week. Every day. Every day. Danny White's been on some national radio or television show. They've been talked about by all the talking heads on ESPN. And I'm sure ESPN is fuming about this because the American conference is like the lowest tier of ESPN's conference relationships in college football. And it's taking the shine away from their big made-for-television event on Monday night, which is the quote-unquote real national championship. Which, by the way, if, if Alabama had gotten it done in the first place, this would be a literal rematch of the SEC title game. And they didn't. So it's just another SEC title game. Well, basically, which is kind yeah. of absurd. It is absurd. It is absurd. And this was the thing that the playoff was supposed to have happen if a great team somehow managed to not get in the mix later on. Like, the whole reason the playoff was there was to prevent like a 2004 Auburn situation. In 2004, Auburn went undefeated, but they were locked out of the national championship game because the computers, the BCS computers, and the polls felt two other teams were better. So Auburn finishes undefeated, but played a really tough schedule and never gets a chance to play. So they're like, okay, well, we'll do four teams and we'll pick the four best teams in the country. Well, Alabama lost its biggest game of the year. I don't know how they're a better team than Ohio State who won its conference. And I don't well, know how they're a well, better team than UCF who Ohio State won every had game. two losses and only one of them was a quality loss. See, the thing here, yeah, Tom, and this is, whole quality loss. You got, UCF needed to lose is the problem. They needed right. to have a real quality loss. So that would have, you know, helped them. So what yeah. they got to do is they got it. They got to just, you know, yeah, they got it. They got to just, just kiss the ring. Just kiss the goddamn ring and that, And that's what it is. And to, and to to all of all of you SEC folks out there who are saying, well, you can't get in the national championship by scheduling Austin P. Alabama played Mercer in November this year. Mercer is Everybody also a one double A school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Austin P. Only ended up on the schedule because the Georgia Tech game and the main game got canceled by the hurricane. Georgia Tech could not reschedule and. UCF, Austin P apparently was like number 30 on the list of schools they went to to try and get a game in. And P 
people either didn't want to or couldn't get a waiver from the NCAA. Apparently, Army almost had we almost played Army in that game instead yeah. of Austin P. And Army had a really good year. Um, the problem is Army couldn't get a waiver from the NCAA to play a 13th regular season game. They weren't going to allow it. So we ended up with Austin P. That's not UCF's fault. And everybody plays one of those schools every year. All the big programs do it as a tune-up, as a, as a guaranteed win, as a practice game almost. Um, it wasn't like we played them and Maine. Maine got canceled. Well, so hang on a second, Tom. Just, hey, I want to. I want to ask Chris the question. I want Chris is essentially a, 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 the outsider of our group. Like, yes. we spend way too much time focused on all things football. Chris is here to provide a little bit of reality check for us. So, Chris, what is your takeaway of all this? You've been listening in. You know the story. We talk about it off the air. Tell us your two cents. I want to hear what you have to say. It just it doesn't make any sense. Like, I, I understand there are 100 some 100 plus teams, right? Like, I, I get it. Um, I, I, at some point, it's like it, it, there are these same types of conferences for basketball, right? Yes. Yeah. They make it happen with a giant bracket they right do. at the end of the year, and they sort yep. of whittle things down in a as fair as it can be way. Um, I don't know how those teams are determined to be in the bracket for the final four or not the final four. It's, it's like a, the, whatever the, the yeah. fucking 64 or the hell it is. It's yeah, a committee. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's done by committee again, but because more teams are invited to the party, there's less bitching about it. Also, right, so it, it just and importantly, sense. importantly in basketball, if you win your division, which is one of the, one of the, the, the things that you have to do to get into the big dance automatically, you just go. If you're yeah. a division champion, you get to play for the national title. If you're a division champion of the SEC, you go. If you're a division champion of the MEAC, you go. That seems reasonable. Yeah, I, uh, that's it, why, it like, I, I, and that is the reason why football doesn't do it is because of the bowl system. And the bowl system. Well, the bowl system needs to go away. It does need <laughs> to go away. The problem is the people who have to vote to go away won't vote to do it because they have a vested interest in it. Because or make they make the bowl money. system the bowl system, but make the bowl system also weighted where some bowls matter more than others. And they, they already right? do. They sort they of do that do. now. Like there's the New Year's the New Year's six, which is the Peach Bowl, the cotton, and the other big ones, Fiesta yeah, but that's Orange. Like arbitrary though, right? I mean like Right. They like the when they something. created the playoff, they said, Oh, these six bowl games are the prestigious ones and this is where you're gonna go if you're good. But I they mean, don't like, actually just, matter for the national title. Way. I mean, like, I understand strength of schedule. I understand, like, I, I get it from a, a non-football player's pers or football fan's perspective. But, I mean, like, there there has to be some sort of objective way to figure that out. You know, like, there's got to be... <sighs> it seems really obvious what the answer is. The problem is, is that it'll never change because there's uh, so much money on the table and the schools don't want to share the pie or they don't want to be made to look a fool. As Tom said, the only quality win that Alabama has happens to be the fact that they blew out Clemson uh, last week. Before then, they didn't beat anybody. And if you say, oh, well, they beat FSU, FSU had a very bad year. They lost their quarterback. Not a good team this year. Outside of that, they played a weak SEC division, which 
They did. They crushed everybody. Good on you. And then they lost the one game that mattered and won the second one. So bravo. But I don't see how that means that you're, you know, automatically king of the hill. Nah. It doesn't. But you're there, Alabama, and only they can claim dubious national championships, which they've done. Right. And many right. schools have done. So UCF doing this is nothing new. The problem is, it's well, that's not how we do it now. That might have been how it was done back then when we didn't decide it on the field. But now, it's decided on the field. So that's who the champion is. Well, that's bullshit. Because it's not decided on the field when not all the best teams get a chance to prove that they belong. Like, if UCF had been in the playoff and got knocked out in the first game, nobody does this. No, They don't claim a title... No, we're not talking about this. It doesn't happen. And if, the, and if Auburn gets the job done and proves that UCF never belonged on the field to begin with, we're not talking well, about this. It's like, okay, well, we had a great just, year, exactly. but we didn't. We weren't quite where we thought we were. About um about three quarters through the end of that game, maybe even into the fourth quarter, I tweeted out that it was. I think it was tied, or UCF had like a seven point lead or something. And I said, at that point, no matter what happens, if Auburn come back comes back to win, it didn't matter. UCF validated its point, which is we should have been in the discussion. We should have been in the playoff. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. It's if you show up and play the game and UCF was there. And then here comes everybody with the, well, you know, Auburn didn't have anything to play for anyway. Oh, we're, yeah. is that why they stormed out yeah, and scored like, 14 so they, points? Right. Yeah. They sure looked like they were, uh, they wanted to be there when they were off by for like 13 points early and their running back who's going to the NFL sure looked like he wanted to be there when he was trying Especially to run guys he, over. I mean, yeah, I, I loved the highlight reel of carry on Johnson throwing a UCF player to the ground for a five yard loss, but there was almost no UCF highlights whatsoever. They're yeah. like, look at carry on Johnson, knock uh, over this poor schmuck. It's just unreal. Like tell us beforehand who showed us up for the game and who doesn't like, don't yeah. use that as an excuse after. <laughs> Like, okay, if Auburn didn't show up for the game, let have Auburn tell somebody that so that we have that on the record so that we know that it's a it's a, a paper loss. Like That's the thing is I also I refuse to believe that any competitor in a I mean let's I was about to say professional sport, but I mean it, it basically is. it basically <laughs> is yeah. like it, it's especially for something where they're they're gonna walk away win or lose with a bunch of prizes and shit right like gift bags of whatever yeah and a trophy and prestige and the whole bit like right so I mean Car like that they're gonna show up and not play exactly also if it's if ridiculous Carrion Johnson had a great game his stock in the NFL draft would have gone up as it was UCF shut him the fuck down and, and, and that's the whole thing right? like it's the Anderson Silva thing. Like back when he was, you know, king of the hill and he's out there, like probably the, the worst example of that was when he fought Damian Maya and he sat there and he toyed with him for four rounds. Yeah. And then, you know, and then Damian Maya brought it to him for like the last, that last half of round four and round five. Um, if you, if you think you're that good in this case, what, um, could they play Auburn? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you think you're that good, and you belong, and you, you, you don't need to be playing this bullshit team of UCF. And mind you, I don't give a fuck about UCF, uh, even though I graduated from there. I'm being objective here. <laughs> Just show up and fucking beat them. Yeah. Beat, beat, them. Us. beat who you're supposed to beat. Don't lie down in front of them if that's what the fucking argument is. Like, what, 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 what good does that do you if you, I mean, then you look like a fucking schmuck. Right. It's, a, it's an excuse that's being used by Auburn fans 
and by SEC people saying, well, it was, it was UCF Super Bowl and Auburn had nothing to play for. Well, yeah, they, they you play for you're playing for a win. Right. right. I mean, you're playing, you're playing to win. not get beat by a lesser team. You're playing for the same thing UCF was playing for going in. Like you're playing for the trophy and that's it. Like you, no one knew UCF was going to claim a national championship if they won the game. Like, yeah, UCF's trying to lock down an undefeated season, but so what? Like, they're still playing for the same thing Auburn is. So don't give me this whole, oh, Auburn didn't show up because they didn't really have anything to play for. That's why they lost. Bullshit. Bullshit. They started everybody. That's, they started they start, an NFL right. prospect. Exactly. Like, if they really, really didn't care, they would not have let on Johnson. on Johnson would have sat out so that he didn't yeah. get hurt. No, right. he won- every, everybody on that sideline, on their sideline, was like, this is bullshit, and we're going to stomp a mud hole in these bastards. Right. And they, and they wanted to, and they should want to. And That's they the sure point tried. I mean, it wasn't like they, I mean, they sure looked like they were playing hard to me. Yeah. <laughs> they came out in the third quarter, and I thought it was over, man. So that did team I. ran all so over us in the third quarter. And they, I was like, they well, They absolutely shit. did. And even in the first quarter, when the offense couldn't get going, and Mackenzie Milton certainly had the, the jitters on those yes. first couple drives, I was like, yeah, okay, the dream is over. We don't really belong, and that's okay. And then it was like, holy shit, no, maybe we do. And sure enough, we do. We did. This year, we did. And uh, and you know you, you know what's really great about this, Tom? Like, honestly? What? It's inspired other small absolutely schools to say, it has. fuck this. It absolutely <laughs> has. So yesterday, Tulane University uh, decided to wave. claim a – who's in the same conference as UCF now and has been for yes. a long time uh, – claimed the 1998 national championship uh, yesterday <laughs> and started selling awesome. national championship uh, merchandise. To, in 1998, Tulane went undefeated. They were uh, kept out of the BCS because they played in a crappy conference. Um, Tennessee also went undefeated that year and won the BCS national championship. But because Tulane was never even allowed to get into the party, they finished undefeated. So they are now claiming, in following UCF's example claiming a national championship it's great let 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 marshall who had an undefeated season in the late 90s go ahead and do the same thing everybody do and it. boise state and boise, boise state, state take a boise state's they got, got like two, two i think yeah yeah i mean uh, definitely that year they beat oklahoma in the fiesta bowl they ought to claim Absolutely. a national title like i do it because until the system gets fixed this is the kind of chaos you have the system Shit, i'd go so I'd go so far as to say that UCF should go back and claim that title from Blake for Blake Bortles. Well, I mean, they weren't undefeated that year and they played Baylor. Like it's come on, let's not get crazy. It's a fiesta bowl and that's a new year six and that matters. Tom, <laughs> so fuck it. And you know what? Who, who's going to win the national title this year? According to the power five, a team that's got a loss or a team that doesn't have a loss. In the power five, like if a power five team was undefeated. Well, are there any Power 5 undefeated teams? No, there aren't. Both teams in the yeah. title game have one loss. UCF had one loss the year of Blake Bortles. Lost to, uh, <laughs> I can't remember who it was. But uh, yeah, lost that, lost one game. So fuck it. If one loss teams get national championships, I say UCF has two. I mean, Goddamn, I might go three because I, I really like Dante Culpepper. You know what? I'll just take a whole bunch of them. Who cares? Give me seven. Give me seven titles so that I can go up to Steelers fans and be like, hey, we got seven. And it is that it is that ridiculous. The system is that ridiculous that anyone could do this because it's not decided. Like you don't have other teams going and claiming Super Bowl victories because there's a tournament system that decides who the <laughs> champion is. Sure. Like it's it's outrageous. Now, 
one little last little thing to put a button on this whole thing, and that is uh, ESPN has their football power index system that they use to measure strengths of schedule and, and computer dick formulas. Size. Just say dick size. Oh, basically, that's what it is, and, and that's what I'm getting to. So they took they plugged Alabama into UCF's schedule this year, and Alabama only had a 50% chance of going undefeated against UCF's schedule. Really? Yes, and they played based Georgia, on their scale. Based on their, based on play, if Alabama played the same teams UCF played this year, Alabama only had a fifty-fifty shot at going undefeated. Well, then there you go. Well, it gets even better. They put Georgia in. Georgia only had a thirty-six percent chance of going undefeated against UCF schedule this year, and Georgia now, actually won the SEC. Yeah, there's one other fun little wrinkle, and we can we can move on. We all now have uh, bitched about this for about 20 minutes, but <laughs> yeah, more, more importantly, it's time for us to start rooting for Alabama, Tom. Yeah, because that, that and I've been saying that for a couple of shows now, if Alabama wins this thing, then the, 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 the debate is not going to end. No, 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 no. There's, there, there's, the, there's a couple of actual me- wagered, uh, measured weighted scales that decide who national champions are. Okay. And... They have they have decided like I think one's called the wolf or something like that. I don't know. But they've decided that th- these are computers. These aren't humans. These are computers that just right. read stats. Right. If Alabama wins, UCF is the national championship <laughs> in three out of the six computers that decided the BCS. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. If the BCS were around, UCF would have been number two and in the title game. Irony. It is kind of ironic. Beautiful iron. Well, and and we have one more item of business about this to take care of. Well, go ahead and make your point, and then we'll. Oh no, I was going. I was going to mention the Prince George Journal, and I wanted to make sure you weren't doing that. There are two national publications that have awarded the national championship to UCF. The first was the Prince George Journal in Prince George County, Virginia, which is a small independent newspaper, which basically said, "Well, UCF's an underdog like we are, so we're giving you the national title." Now buy our stuff. Buy our stuff. Buy our stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I looked it up, and in order to be one of the what the NCAA considers major selectors of the national championship, uh, one has to have some sort of recognized mathematical formula or uh run a poll uh through your publication, whether it is radio, newspaper, television, or the computer, and you must be a national publication, uh in order or to international. officially international. or international or to in order to officially in the record books select a national champion. So, I'm thinking about this and uh those two jerks is internationally distributed. This is um, this is well known. We have, we have readers a all over the world. In Australia. That's right. Yeah. And we have listeners in other countries as well. Um and I uh, created a mathematical formula that is proprietary trade secret information that we're not going to release <laughs> to anyone uh, because it would hurt our brand. Um, <laughs> so our our mathematical formula has selected UCF as the 2017 college football national champions. So congratulations to the Knights. You have won the Those Two Jerks national championship for whatever that's worth. Also, the Orlando Sentinel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Sentinel has declared the Knights champion. So that's two newspapers and a radio show that's heard in the UK, Australia, and other parts of the world. Yes. So, yes. so there we go. 
And I'm glad we beat Bianchi to it. Correct. Correct, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so UCF's going to hang a banner in the stadium next year. They've already ordered it. I'm sure the nice. players are getting rings. Uh, the city, there's some kind of trophy that's going to be given out Monday. They're giving them the key to the city. Yeah, the key <laughs> to the city is going to the UCF Knights. Um, there are both publications who've awarded them titles are giving them trophies. Um, it's happening. This is happening, whether you like it or not. <laughs> that was nice, Tom. That was that was good. It made me feel good. <laughs> I got we got a lot off our chests. I've been I've been getting into a lot of arguments with Bama fans on Facebook all week and I'm just I'm just done. I'm just done. So let's move on to the slightly less frustrating game of NFL football. This is going to be a quick story, Tom. <laughs> yeah, it's very quick. Um <clears throat> so this week uh the Raiders, the Oakland Raiders, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders, <laughs> are expected to name John Gruden as their new head coach. Uh, it would be his second stint with the team and his first NFL coaching gig in 10 years. They're giving him a 10-year, $100 million contract. No NFL coach has ever been given a 10-year contract what? before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean. um, there were rumors for a while that they were going to offer him part ownership of the team, too, but the other owners would have to approve that, so they didn't. But the big, the big uh, controversy around it is they had leaked that they were going to hire Gruden before they'd even fired their current coach. <laughs> and the NFL has a rule called the Rooney Rule where for head coach, if a team has a head coach opening, they're required to interview at least one minority candidate for that job. They don't have to hire them, but they've got to interview one at least. But apparently this rule is very broad in that you could just simply talk to a person about the job informally, and that counts. So there's some uh, debate over whether the Raiders have violated this rule in basically saying, oh, we're going to hire John Gruden without interviewing anyone. They claim, and the league says, oh, they, they obeyed the rule, but they're not. no one's showing any proof at all. Well, do they need to, Tom? Do they really need to? Like, what are they going to do? What, who Are we going to go after the NFL? No one's doing this. this no, is, but the team this could is... get fined under the rule. If they don't obey, they can pay a fine. But they're not oh. being charged a fine. Oh, a fine, Tom. A fine. Oh, geez. Well, the Raiders can't afford that. No. <laughs> so I, Here's what I, I find I, amusing about this. The first thing is the, the Raiders' late owner, Al Davis, was one of the biggest proponents of this rule. Uh, he was one of the first people to hire a black head coach in the NFL. Um, he was one of, like I said, he was one of the people who, who cre helped create this rule. Uh, his, he's dead. His son, Mark, owns the team now. Um, I don't know if this would exactly fall into his, uh, his dad's plan. As much as his dad loved John Gruden, um, I don't think he would approve of it being handled in this way. And the other thing is, real, why? Why are we talking about this? <laughs> That's the question. Like, I, I'm in favor of rules like this, but if the team knows who it wants to hire before going into a process, then let them make their bed and just pay the fine. Like, we don't need to have this dog and pony show about the rule and let somebody, somebody get interviewed for no reason. That, that's, that's my point, honestly, is 
I understand why they're trying to do this because they're basically locking out an entire other, every other race essentially yeah, outside of white absolutely. guys. I get it. I get it. And I'm in favor of it. You know, if a team doesn't token, know though, who it wants going in, yeah, interview as many qualified people as possible. It's a business, and businesses are in our country allegedly allowed to rise and fall as they may. And if they choose to do stupid shit, then they go away usually. So, okay. If they don't want to abide by this rule, if they don't want to hire potentially great coaching uh, opportunities or, or, or uh, coaches, rather, then, then let them hire whoever the hell they want. I mean, they gave John Gruden half the stadium, and the stadium isn't even built yet. Um, there's no reason to believe that John Gruden, who hasn't coached an NFL game in a effing decade, is going to be any good. They brought Joe Gibbs back that one time, and he was terrible after a 10-year layoff. <laughs> yeah, so, right. you know whatever uh, chris what, what can you add to this conversation this sounds like something that's a little bit more your speed because we don't have any effing idea what the hell's going on here anyway why don't they i mean just show some receipt or something that you took some random dude out prior to <laughs> like you know they were like yeah we went to chili's with this guy well that's just, apparently you know, what happened here the league yeah. says yeah like, they hey. complied whatever for wh however that means did they We've do that? Investigated ourselves. Yeah, they, and we they, found that we apparently the Raiders the proved to the league that they obeyed the rule. But generally, teams release who they're interviewing or it leaks out beforehand. Right. And nothing like that happened. Like it was, well, I mean, they had basically secret. said Gruden was the guy before anyone ever had. Like while there was still somebody in the job, so it's not like they interviewed people. They might have. I mean, they they <laughs> might. They, you don't it's know. Possible, I it, suppose. It, you know, it's, possible i mean they it, it, there was a very in-depth conversation with that janitor that that dude took out <laughs> <at Chile. laughs> and perhaps he might be interested in a coaching job we uh you don't we know really that. like we really like what you're doing with the trash cans how would you feel about coaching yeah. uh the, <laughs> the oakland raiders willie, um, I, I i i don't know <laughs> <laughs> willie the bathrooms look great how would you like to be our head coach perhaps a 100 million dollar contract Perhaps, <laughs> you know. No, you, you would rather continue to sweep the floors. I understand yeah, the lucrative right. career. Appreciate your time. Yeah, <laughs> thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks for coming in. We'll call you. We'll let you know. I, you know, but that's the thing. If I'm the Raiders, okay, I, they're hiring John Gruden for two reasons. One, they need to win over the fans in Oakland who are pissed that they're leaving in a couple of years. So they've got to continue to sell tickets. Two, They've got to have a face of the franchise to sell season tickets when they move to Vegas in three years. Scott Frost not available? Don't even. Just, <laughs> why, do we need to open that wound? Do we need to open that wound now? It was so good to hear your heads drop. Like, I felt it from yeah. across the city. Yeah. I felt the sadness emanate through the no oh, God, I'm like, I'm crying on the inside right now. <laughs> so perfect that, that, so much. Beat, that in that beat i felt all of eternity in the palm of my hand i, I can snuff you out from here I hate you so much <laughs> like if i'm the raiders just why even pretend just you you need to do this for your business pay the fine the fine is nothing to you pay the fine and just say all right look we knew who our guy was we're sorry we didn't interview anybody else we know what the rule is here's the money just go away <laughs> oh, speaking of just going away, I know Chris is on a limited time. Should we move to our victorious and unvictorious part of the show and 
let him uh, uh, carry on with the rest oh, of his yeah. day. Yeah, let's do that. So uh, our, the season is over in the League of Jerks Fantasy Football League, and the results are in. And our champion is Alex and the team Joe Mixon's Fight Club, who beat my team in the championship game by something like 60 points, I think. He beat you by Todd Gurley. You yeah, just say well, Todd I mean, yes, yes, Todd Gurley. Also, uh, I mean, he slaughtered me in that final game. Todd Gurley had a huge game, but Todd, yeah. we also have to hand out some other other awards. Um, yes. And the first award <clears throat> goes to the uh, the loser of the league, the lowest point total, <laughs> the toilet bowl, and that is Chris. Chris had Yay! the worst team <laughs> In the league, Chris finished behind the coin and behind Ryan and his team, the Stick Carriers. Uh, <laughs> I think two I lost spots the behind the coin, right? Yeah, you lost to the coin. You you lost to everybody, Chris. You know, you beat you beat me though. You did beat me. I did. Yes, you did I tied. That was your first, first. win. You t- well, you tied Matt and you beat me. Um. You tied for fake greatness, man. No, I guess not. Again, you were greatly, greatly bad at this. <laughs> you know, he's a he's he's a stable genius. This one. <laughs> Perhaps I should do more than just fill things from off my bench in order to do well. Yeah, you nah. sometimes need to sign free agents once in a yeah. while. Once in a while. Um. So yeah. So Chris finishes in last, and then we have we have another award. And that is, uh, we have two more. The first is uh, the the meme memes of the year, the meme master of the yes. league, and that goes to our friend Brett, whose team Squatch uh, owned the message boards this year. Oh my god, so good! So many so great good. memes. Continuing the conversation and all of the smack talk. So uh, congratulations to Brett. And the final award. We'll call it the Danny White Award for claiming a title when one did not win a title on the field. And that actually goes to Rick. So That's congratulations, right. Rick. Uh, I Rick, also prefer the, the transference title. Um, oh, the Transitive Property Award. Thank you, Transitive Property Award. Thank you. Um, I'm accepting this championship, and I'm hanging a banner. And uh, <laughs> I'm keeping my goddamn title belt because I won. No, and uh, no. screw all of you. So... Um, <laughs> A little backstory to this: um, a lot of a lot of leagues have a three-week playoff that allows six teams in, with the first, top two teams getting a bye in the first round. Uh, our league did not do that. We had a two-week playoff that allowed the because, top four teams in. Um, because, because I did not notice that I had that setting until it was too <laughs> late to change it. Doesn't matter. The system is imperfect. However, it is what we have. <laughs> and you all signed using. up for it. And you all had access to see it. And you all had the chance to say something to me and did not. So, <laughs> uh, we got the championship we got. But I did a little figuring and some math and, and made a whole little bracket and everything. And had we had a six-team playoff involving the top six teams and two buys... Uh, Rick would have won the title game against Brett and his Squatch team. Um, so the five and six seeds in the playoffs would have been in the title game, and uh, Rick would have won. So that's why Rick gets the Danny White championship. Good. 
I'm glad we all learned a valuable lesson that I was right all along. And it's important to remember how right I am. And Tom, it's not about being right. It's about being technically right. (laughs) (laughs) And Lord knows you are the king of that, sir. Thank you. Also, Todd Gurley kind of knocked me out of my money league. It was really bad. (laughs) Yeah, Todd Gurley hurt everyone. Oh, my God. Chris. Sir. Um, I guess we'll, I, I, Tom, if you're okay with this, I say we cede a couple of minutes here to Chris since he won't be able to carry on for the rest of the show. Uh, he did come in dead last as he said he would not. Um, Chris, <laughs> can you, can, can you give us a little bit of a, what are, what are you feeling right now about, you know, your, your grandiose claims of being really good at things that you have known nothing about? How, how do you feel about this stuff? I will go out and say that perhaps Random chance does beat hard math calculations in which I have done, but sometimes <laughs> the computer models are not ideal. And <laughs> perhaps I, hmm. if I were to use the same method as the coin next year or this year, right? Yes, yes. this year. I will beat Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a challenge. The gauntlet has been thrown, and uh, we'll have to see or what happens. Laid. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it has been daintily le- placed at the feet of the coin. <laughs> <laughs> that titan of, of football, the coin. <laughs> hey, the coin beat two other people. Coin beat me. And me. Exactly. So, I mean... Yeah, I, I, there might have been collusion though, right? Because the coin ended up with like multiple, multiple quarterbacks. No, the coin know. ended up with multiple running backs or wide running backs, or something. Right? So there was probably collusion in the in the head office of like, <laughs> trading away certain running backs and filling those spots with more appropriate players it was all Chris, done you, by the method explained at the draft you you lost the cha- the, the toilet bowl to a guy who hasn't set his team in five weeks yes <laughs> yes in fact i think he had a guy who was on injured reserve the last two weeks of the season in his starting lineup <laughs> that's another thing about this whole fantasy football right there are these little symbols i i figured out <laughs> after- <laughs> like that o means, means like- out yeah, and Q questionable. <laughs> uh, buy means buy. These other things, I mean, like I figured. I mean, they were like little indications and notifications. They weren't important enough for me to remove him from my bench. <laughs> uh, so next year, I'm winning the entire league. Whoa! Whoa! There's your bold statement. Right there. It takes a one-season learning curve. <laughs> Wouldn't this be hysterical if after this is now that this is over, Chris starts subscribing to like every like Athlon <laughs> fantasy football publication? Like he starts following Matthew Barry on Twitter, and like he's just when we get to the draft, he's the guy with the spreadsheets everywhere. Yes, yeah. we'll see. we will see, Mister Fantasy. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, Let's move on to the geek stuff, nerd stuff portion of the show. 
By the way, uh, I, I like I like that we're doing like a, a those two jerks legacy episode because this is how it was for a little while. Chris would do sports and then we'd, you know, like send him away and then we'd actually talk about geek and nerd stuff. Well, no, that no, we usually would invite him. We would find some contrived reason to invite him to stay. <laughs> that was what it was. I'm choosing to believe my own past. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You got to you got to everyone's got to have their narrative. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> The SEC is the best conference in football. You're gonna have to let that go, Tom. Listen, like that's look, just look at Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Mississippi State. Hey, Mississippi State has a win over UCF. The Ole Miss. Although we have a win over Georgia, so we got a win hey, over uh, we got uh, a win uh, over uh, Alabama. Uh, we are one and zero against Alabama all time. I remember that. I watched that game on closed circuit television at, in, in, without sound because we were we didn't have sound. <laughs> Back in my day, uh, I, do you, did you watch the game on 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 the uh, closed circuit television no, that was I, available on campus? I, no, I didn't. I didn't. I I watched that game. I watched that field goal. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a beautiful thing that was! And then it they was. had to police escort our buses away. Yeah, because <laughs> it was Alabama's that was homecoming. A, that was like a three win Alabama team that year. Too. Oh yeah, the Alabama was awful that year, but it doesn't matter. Weirdly enough, they we got a win in Tuscaloosa. And then, funny story, so that year, our freshman year, you know I worked for the baseball team at UCF that year. And right. And Alabama came in to play a three-game series against our baseball team. And uh, we won the first two games of the series. And before the Sunday game, they had Javier Borleggi, the kicker who kicked the field goal against Alabama in football, throw out the first pitch before the game <laughs> to, like, rub it in against Alabama. <laughs> And then we beat Alabama for the third game. We swept them. And their coach, when he comes across the field to shake our coach's hand after the game, says, uh, good series, coach. We're never coming back here again. <laughs> Turns around and leaves. <laughs> to this day, they have not played Alabama in baseball. Oh, well, you know, maybe if Alabama wants to be respected in college baseball, <laughs> uh, they'll play in a real division and, right, uh, you know, right. get some quality wins on their schedule. And, maybe a uh, quality loss or two. And yeah, yeah, we'll talk yeah, about they'll it. Pass well, they, the eye you know, test. Whenever they want to come back to UCF and really show us that they're the team that, of the future. Right. Like they think they are. We're not scheduling we'll a home and it. home because they don't deserve it. But, uh, you know, if they want yeah, to come no. to us for a one off, that's all fine. That's fine. Or we'll go to also, a neutral we're still site. Waiting, we're still waiting for that Texas game. Yeah. <laughs> well, Texas bought us out of that game. Yeah, That's I, what I'm happened. Still, I, listen, we're still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is hysterical also. Yeah. Anyway, all right, let's talk about right, some nerdy yeah, stuff. Yeah, nerdy stuff. So the first thing is uh, we mentioned it a few weeks ago that there were changes coming to uh, the DC part of Warner Brothers, the DC Films part of Warner Brothers because of the performance of Justice League. And that change happened this week. Uh, DC, or Warner Brothers, I should say, uh, named Walter Hamada as president of DC Films. Uh, He was uh, head of the New Line Cinema division of WB for the last 10 years. He oversaw like the Conjuring franchise, and he was the executive producer of It last year. So he knows how to um, make money at the box office, which is a thing that they have to do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It also uh, confirms the 
uh, more limited role of Jeff Johns in the movie side of of DC properties. Um, he's still DC's chief content officer, chief creative officer, whatever it is, um, chief content officer. But he will have uh, a less hands-on role in the movies, more of a consulting role. Is so... uh, is 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 Wally is Wally going to just go ahead and look everybody in the eye and say, "Just do what Marvel does"? Is he just going to just sit there and just just do what Marvel? Shut up. Sh- let me see your script. Where are the explosions? Where's the cheeseball comedy? Give me explosions and cheeseball comedy and get back to me. We're going to do what Marvel does, or at the least, we're going to do what Michael Bay does because those franchises make money. Well, here's the thing. What what's funny about this is the way they set up DC films initially uh, was with John Berg who was a studio exec and Jeff Johns in charge, which was mirroring what happens over at Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you have, you have Kevin Feige who sort of keeps an eye on the creative side of everything. And then you have a studio exec who pairs with him to sort of oversee things. Um, and that evidently did not work in DC's favor for reasons that we've gone on about ad nauseum on this show. <laughs> um, so they're going to a more traditional approach now, a more traditional sort of top-down studio exec runs this division, comic book guy, you can consult and make sure we're not doing anything too crazy, and uh, we're going to do it, uh, you know, try and make money. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, a lot of people are like hair on fire about this. We all knew it was coming. Like, we all knew it was coming. Well, it's it's one of those things where until... And and this is going to be a very dark analogy, but it's also kind of true. Until they're actually putting the needle into your pet, you don't actually think you're putting them down. Ooh, that is a dark analogy. It's Damn. very dark, but it, it, unfortunately, I mean, it's, it's very apt. appropriate. It, it, yeah. It's appropriate here, but it's dark. Oh, boy. Like, nobody wants to say that Graham Graham isn't coming out of that coma oh, until the guy oh. comes in and says, this is it. Damn, dude. So... Well, I'm listen. How how what is what has been my one statement about the DC films since we saw Superman? Like, what has been my one term? Uh, what do you think was going to happen? Yeah, yeah. What do you think was? Well, they said that this was happening. Well, what do you think was going to happen? You think they were going to come in with magic powder and all of a sudden mittens is all fine and not hit by the car? Like, what do you think was going to happen? This is it. <laughs> Everyone knew this was coming. We talked about it. They talked. Everybody talked about it. What do you think was going to happen? You think they were going to go back to Snyder and be like, all right, dude, I know you've had probably the worst year of your life in your family history. Like, that's horrible. We're going to let you come back in and do another movie. Come on. Come on in, buddy. Come on back. And I guess they still movie. could, but uh, I don't see that happening. Right. What did you think was going to happen? Did you did you really think that that a gigantic multi billion dollar company is going to look around going, man, these films are shit? Keep making them. Keep making them exactly <laughs> this way. We would love to keep throwing three hundred million dollars a pop down the drain. Yeah, you know what? We have a lot more money that just we would sooner set on fire, a la the Joker and the Dark Knight. But um, this seems like a better waste of money. Yeah. Actually, does anyone have a giant toilet that we can just flush this down? We are now a, a Russian money laundering operation. So it doesn't yeah. really matter how much money we make. We just need to spend this. Are there any New York real estate people who are too stupid to know how to tie their own shoes that we can funnel our money ooh, through? Ooh, I know where we can find one. 
yeah, I know where we can find one. 1600 Pennsylvania. But you listen. said it, not me, but that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't, I don't get it. Like, why do, you, why is anyone surprised by that? Why is anyone in a kerfluffle about this at all? Everyone looked around, said, you know, this has not been going well. This is all very bad. Like the the the, the what, is, what, are, what are those things that they put you on on the hospital with the beeping noises Life to register support? your heart? No, no, no the, your heartbeat. Like it keeps An track EKG? of your heart. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one flatlined about six months ago. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we can probably turn that monitor off. Well, that's the thing. It's we. I mean, they telegraphed all of this. They were they were saying like we're gonna start to take a step back in 2018. We're gonna see what Aquaman does and. And Wonder Woman 2 is happening, and then, you know, then we're going to figure it out. You know, we don't know what will tie in, what won't. If anything will, we're just going to see what happens. Okay, fine. Like, fine. Patty Jenkins came out this week and said Wonder Woman 2 will stand alone, which we knew, and that's not exactly what she meant, although that's what the clickbait headline said. But what she meant was the story isn't going to tie into Justice League or lead into another movie. It will just be a Wonder Woman story, much like the first Wonder Woman movie was just a Wonder Woman story, and how Man of Steel was just a Superman story. That's all. It doesn't mean that she's leaving the universe. Although, you know. It's possible. It could happen. I mean, imagine a universe where Wonder Woman was the start of all of this. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's the, Well, technically she is, because she's been around for, you know, a thousand years or whatever. <laughs> She only ages when she leaves the island. Tom. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so technically, yes. Um, but I mean, let's call we'll call it what it is. It'll be the DC cinematic workiverse. Whatever works, we keep, and whatever doesn't, doesn't connect. That's all. Getting uh, Suicide Squad two with your uh, with your man, uh, future presidential candidate Dwayne the Rock Johnson. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. there is that. That's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here, here's here's what I um, want to underscore about this whole thing, and that is, this does not in any way mean that my bold prediction for 2018 is untrue. <laughs> <laughs> because if you remember, my bold prediction on our last show was that they would announce a new direction for the DC Cinematic Universe at Comic-Con, and that we, those two jerks, would be in charge of it. And uh, Walter Hamada being hired has no bearing on that whatsoever. It just means that he's the guy we have to stalk now on in the internet to try and get that job. You think he likes when I call him Wally? I'm going to call him Wally, Tom. I'm going to. Yeah, I don't know if you should do that. I don't. Maybe. I guess try it. See what happens. Okay. All right. Listen, we can't get any worse. I was going to say, I, I, I got I got Jersey Mike's to talk to us. I can do. Oh, you did. That's right. You did. You <laughs> shouted into the rain enough, and somebody listened. Goddamn right. It's basically my life in a nutshell. <laughs> Somebody pay attention. I am worthy of your time, goddammit. <laughs> attention must be paid. <laughs> Good so, God. Uh, I mean, yes, it is unfortunate, I guess, but also, like I've been saying, like, what did you think was going to happen? Exactly. Nothing? Exactly. Nothing would have happened? No. And this I'm on record happens. as saying I think it's it's better that Jeff Johns has less of a role in making the movies because Jeff Johns is a comic book guy and he's talented. But whatever everything that not everything that works in comics works in movies. It's that simple. And I will take to my grave that he ruined Green Lantern. And I have the script draft from before he touched it to prove it to you if you want to read it. 
happy to get it for you. A Google search um, will I'm, also get this for you. I'm waiting for the new Green Lantern movie, Tom. Yes, yes, 2020 Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, I'm waiting on that one. Yeah, yeah, that'll be that'll be a thing. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely happening for real. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely on the schedule. We showed the shareholders, so. <laughs> So definitely a thing. We um we need to go back and like we need a we need a whiteboard, you and me. Maybe Chris can be involved too. We need a whiteboard all of the missteps of the DCEU. That's a Just big put it on the board. Put it on the board. We could like, we could create a timeline or like a like a uh Oh my god, like a like a how to catch a murderer like a web of like with photos and yarn <laughs> strings. Charlie from, from it's always things. sunny. We'll all, <laughs> all have to start smoking. Right. This is what it all went to shit. Yeah. Right here. I figured it out. We found the conspiracy, like in those mob movies. This is the capo. This is the guy we gotta catch. It'll be like a reverse beautiful mind, a really yes. disturbed mind or yes, something like exactly. that, or an ugly mind. <laughs> ugly mind. <laughs> an an obsessed you, mind. This is what you idiots have been doing for the last 16 yeah. hours. It's important work. <laughs> have you slept? Not in three days. The title, the title of the movie based on this situation will be Let This Shit Go. That's what it will be called. <laughs> Just enough. Just right. enough. <laughs> Let this shit go. The story of DC obsession. <laughs> Starring those two jerks as those two jerks. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be it'll be like a super low rent version of private parts. <laughs> <laughs> With less story and no dialogue. Yeah. Yes. Well, Just grunting grunts. throwing things. <laughs> grunts and orders for pizza over the phone. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> Give me, a, give me a large pie, double cheese. And once in a while, Rick crying out in despair over not seeing the Sinestro Corps. <laughs> but we could have had the Sinestro Corps. <laughs> Do you not understand? That would have led specifically to evil uh, Superman, Superboy uh, Prime, and he would have shown up wearing the Anti-Monitor's armor, and oh my god, Tom! We still could do that. He could be continuity punching. Uh, the, all the changes to the DC cinematic universe. He, he hit he hit the continuity so hard that Fox is now in Disney. <laughs> he punched a studio into another one. Just he, he threw a right instead of a left, and you know. Oh my god! That if it. that if that isn't a joke for Deadpool three, I don't know what is. Ah. <sighs> Oh, speaking of comic books. Yes, yes. And 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 shows and movies and whatnot. I uh I had some time to kill yesterday. Um and I was uh, strolling through my Netflix catalog and I saw a what appeared to be a very fun new show that I decided to check out. Ooh, please tell us. It is called The End of the Fucking World and <laughs> it is based upon a indie graphic novel of the same name. Oh, wonderful. I thought it was going to be a documentary about the 2016 presidential election. Oh, no, no, no. That That's just called The Darkest Timeline, and that is <laughs> Evil Abed with a goatee. <laughs> he will always be the bane of our existence. Literal. The literal bane of our literal existence. <laughs> anyway. certainly the darkest timeline. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
so uh, uh, the end of the fucking world is actually very fun. There is a really, 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 really heavy-handed natural-born killers slash uh, true romance thing going on through the entire mo- uh, show. It is very short in that it's only 20-minute episodes. I think there's only 10. I watched the entire thing yesterday from start to finish without really moving because it was, what, 20 and 40 is an hour. Roughly two hours, I guess, give or take, of television, two and a half hours. Basically a movie, which now that I think about it, why didn't they just make a fucking movie? But whatever. Um it's fun and it's cool. And I, I think my biggest takeaway though, is I like that we're still mining the, the graphic novel IP. I, I think that's interesting. I think it's, it's cool to know that, that there's still tons of material out there for people to get their hands on. And uh, are you planning on checking it out or, you know? Yeah, I may. I have, I have, you know, some time. So uh, yeah, probably will. Um, What's it about exactly? I mean, you said it's a natural born killer's vibe, but what's it about? So these two kids, uh, James and Alyssa, uh, they're high school students who have uh, lots of social problems. But you find out for reasons uh, beyond their control uh, how these things have come to pass. Um, James starts the show by saying that he's he's pretty sure he's a psychopath and that at a young age, um, he put his hand in a deep fat fryer to try and feel something. So he's got this really like scarred up hand. Alyssa is a 17 year old girl who or 16, 17 year old girl who hates her mother uh, for remarrying because her father was a great guy and the dad left because he couldn't stand the mother. And the two of them essentially go on a road trip to try and find her father um, because she's just fed up with life uh, in, in her little town. And this all takes place in England. Um, it is not a very British show in that it's much more Americanized. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of actually great jokes about being British and wanting to be American and things like that. And very well done. But essentially, for all intents and purposes, it is the story of these two teenagers who are going on a, a road trip, a coming of age story, if you will, Tom. Ah, OK. Um, uh, to that end, um, this sort of leads to a problem I've been having because I watched this. I watched She's Got to Have It. I even watched Godless. I'm watching lots of Netflix programming. Um, wh- what what happened to Netflix? Why, why can't we just have like one season of a show? Why, why do they got to break everything up? What, what's going on here? Like I, Godless is, a, they called it a limited engagement. So so it's a miniseries and, and that's it. It's over. And I really liked it. It was, it was a, a beautiful old, you know, Western, right? Uh, really cool. You should check it out. But but she's got to have it by Spike Lee. And uh, and now this one is the end of the fucking world. Um, they are going really, 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 really above and beyond to try and continue the story when they might not need to. Now, I, I haven't read the graphic novel that the uh, show is based off of. So maybe it is a series. I don't know. But um, I don't know. I know. I know you don't have a lot of free time to watch television anymore, especially Netflix. What with, you know, you got to catch up on your Star Treks and your and your uh, your other things that you're all into, but are, have you noticed the same uh, the same issue that that like Netflix is kind of like shooting itself in the foot with its TV series? I I think there's a I think they're falling too far into the trap of creating binge worthy things because mm-hmm. the format lends itself so well to binging. It's almost like they want to try and continue that even though they don't need to. It's like they're looking for the next Stranger Things 
So everything is a series now, even if it's for one season only. Ah, here's 10 hours of a thing, even though maybe we only needed three. Right. Um, it, I, it, I don't know. It seems why. counterintuitive. It does. Yeah. It does. But, you know, they have the bandwidth to do it because it's not like uh, a television schedule where they've oh, we've only got an hour carved out for this every week. You know, they can just dump whatever on there. So they kind of let I think they give the, the filmmakers uh, more freedom to do what they want. And that's not always the best thing. Example, Star Wars prequels. <laughs> Example, Matrix sequels. Whoa. Whoa. What? What? Fight me. I will die on this hill. You know, over the years, honestly, speaking of, uh, specifically about the Matrix uh, uh, Reloaded and Revolutions, um, it appears, Tom, that I am in the gross minority. <laughs> yes, really, really I would call it gross this. as well. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. Um, I still love everything about the Matrix. I even went back and I uh, oh, dude, first Matrix is fantastic. Love it, love it. Classic movie. Love the first Matrix. Yeah, but I really liked Reloaded more than everyone oh, else. I loved. God. Oh, I loved the so idea. Bad. I loved the idea that this is like this because it made sense to me that the robots couldn't figure out how to do this right. And what we consider to be like ghosts and werewolves and all that were just programs that they screwed up that they couldn't get right the first couple of times. So like I bought into that whole theory, like hook, line and sinker. And then but I played like the video a small game part of like the whole thing. I liked it a lot. I really did. <laughs> I, that movie was one of the first for me where I saw it and it was like, Oh, these folks started reading their own hype. <laughs> made this movie that's what happened here like they they sort of said they planned a trilogy but when they went and wrote this script it was almost like they believed they were the second coming because everyone in hollywood said so and warner brothers left them alone which was probably a mistake like it was like oh the matrix well, made a ton of money and came out of nowhere let's send the wachowskis to australia and let them do whatever they want and have them bring back these other two matrix blockbusters and the only thing I heard every time Lawrence Fishburne opened his mouth in that movie was, this is the most important film ever made. Everything I'm saying is very important. It is about it, society. This is an yes. allegory. Yes. No, no, it's yes. bad. Yes. It's bad. No. And there no. are people having sex with grommets on their backs. It's bad, okay? Yeah, it's well, very bad. I mean, listen, the underground orgy dance scene we could have done without that. Um, all, that, movie was so, that movie was so terrible. And it was just like everyone was so hyped for it, too. It was really it was it was very artistic. And um, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. Artistic and, is uh, a way to describe it, I suppose. I, I, I really I, I liked most everything about it. I love the um, I love the ending. I love the fact that Lawrence Fishburne survives, uh, which was unexpected. Uh, <laughs> well, that's that's the end. Of, you're talking about revolutions now, right? Yeah. yeah I haven't yeah. seen I didn't see it. Because I hated oh, oh, Reloaded yeah, yeah. so much. You, you don't know about the underground dance party, then? Oh, no, that's in Reloaded. I've seen that. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was in Revolutions. No, that's but in Reloaded. Revolutions, Revolutions is, is Revelations, very literally. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, come there's on, even man. A, there's even a character at the end of the movie that is credited as being called Deus Machina. I'm not oh, even kidding. Exactly. <laughs> literally the god of the machine. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, it tells you all you need to know right there. I love like, this I, Just... 
maybe filmmakers should not read their own reviews. Maybe that's what happened. Well, I, I guess that's a good enough segue as any, Tom. I guess. I guess. So, um, Rick, the question. Yeah. What's pissing you off this week? Well, Tom, I'll tell you. First one What's of 2018. Pissing... Don't screw it up. Uh, well, it's already screwed up because you asked me first. Um, <laughs> what's really pissing me off this week is um, <laughs> office politics. Oh, boy. <laughs> but not in the way you might think. I guess it's more of a being reasonable in an office environment. So it's been cold these past couple of days here yes. in Orlando. Yes, it has, which evidently means everyone must freak out and post about it on Facebook. Right. And, and more to the point, it means that our office um, probably should be at a temperature above 65 degrees on the inside. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. Um, well, as it turns out, the floor that I work on um, has some sort of weird issue um, where there's just no heat. And I have a feeling it's because we keep the massive servers that we need to keep our business running on the same floor. So maybe they just decided to just like, destroy whatever heating ducts there may be to make sure that these servers don't overheat it gets hot in florida why would you want the the heater to suddenly click on on a 90 degree day when you know everything i i don't know i don't know the reason i i could be completely wrong on this you know I, i'm talking completely out of my ass unlike normal but this has led to a number of uh mild disagreements between myself and literally everyone else in the office because no other human in the office is built like me. I'm essentially two of just about everyone else, uh, man or woman. Uh, so I've been really enjoying it. I get to wear pants. I'm wearing my fun long socks. I've been enjoying the nice, you know, 67, 68, 70 degree weather in our office. I don't have to wear shorts every day to stay nice and cool. Feels really good. And people are not enjoying it. And that is making me angry. <laughs> They want the heat on. I don't want the heat, Tom. I never get anything. I, it's always hot in Florida. Always, always. Just let me have this. Just give me two weeks. I'm asking for. I'm asking for two. You get fifty. That seems fair, right? Right, Tom. It, I, I, I can get two weeks, right? Right. I'm with you, man. I like this cold weather. I want to have yeah. a season. Like let's, winter should not just be from January first through eighth of the year it should be you know a month well, i'll take a month it might get old after nice. that i mean i own jackets i want to use them <laughs> i have many jackets many jackets so many jackets so i mean i i just i just don't want this to be an argument i just just let it be cold if you're cold wear wear more socks it's fine right it's fine it, right. and it's not cold 67 degrees is not cold 37 no. degrees that's cold. It's cold, yeah. It's yeah. not unbearable. I, somebody I know is in negative eight right now this morning. Yes, so. yes. So, oh, by the way, a uh, quick funny story. On a Friday, I think it was, there, I was watching The Weatherman, and uh, it said Orlando was 34 degrees, but Seattle was 36. And I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> nice. Tom. Yes, sir. What is pissing you off? People who can't stay in their lane. <laughs> we've been over this we've been over wait are you talking about their traffic lane or are you no. talking about like the metaphysical the meta the metaphorical lane okay go ahead mind your own business eyes on your own paper don't worry what somebody else does if it doesn't hurt or affect you why do you care 
Why do you care? Just shut up. Just shut up. I've had to have arguments with so many people who care for so many wrong reasons. Like, oh, it says more about you and your own insecurities that you care about people doing things that don't affect you or hurt you in any way uh, than it does about your your uh, righteousness uh, regarding anything in particular. Just stay in your lane, keep your eyes forward, and, and run your race. And I don't know how many other metaphors I can throw in here, but uh, cliche, 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 cliche. Shut your fucking mouth. But Tom, if I don't force my morality on others, how will people know how moral I am? Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's exactly right. Like, ah, everyone needs to know how righteous I am because, yeah, if... you know, I'm correct. I, I once knew someone who, uh, who, who used as an excuse for his own self-righteousness and, and, and uh, enforcing it on others that, well, you know, if you had the answer to a really hard question on a test, why wouldn't you share that with other people? Because it's a test, and I'm supposed it's to be tested on it. Cheating! It's cheating. Yeah. That's like the definition of cheating on a test. Is doing that. Have you I heard get... the good news, Tom? Have oh, you heard? Lord. And I'm not even talking about that. Like that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm actually, I'm actually referring to something even way more trivial than all of that. But it applies to so many situations. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot of stuff that's going on right now. Is like this. It's a yeah. lot of the problem we have in the world. Period. And Rick, what are we on? A mission to civilize time. Correct, sir. That is correct. So what you're you're asking, what you're asking, if I if I if I may, is that people just leave others to their own devices so long as those devices aren't hurting anyone else. Yes. Uh, that seems impossible, Tom. It is it is evidently impossible <laughs> for most. It, it is it impossible. might even be impossible depending on how uh, i mean and that's not even what i'm talking about but it applies yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> it absolutely applies leave it alone just leave it alone you could focus on other things things yeah. that people are genuinely upset about yeah you could things, do any things things. that like actually are are hurting people you could you could focus on those you could i mean i understand not because this gets results yeah results I mean, you have to are you need points. Yeah. We all need points yeah, in the game Everyone of life. Everyone needs to win. We W's are hard points. to come by. The game of life, you've got to have all that that fake money. Like you got to get yes. that fake money and those extra pegs in your little car. So That's right. Got to do it. Got to. <sighs> Can't not. But Tom, I, I need to ask you another question. Yes, sir. What did you learn this week? I learned that sometimes even the devil can be your friend. Oh. What did I do? <laughs> not talking about you. Oh, oh, actually. Oh um, so, of course, we spent a lot of time on this whole UCF championship thing, right? Oh, did we? I hadn't yeah. noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so during the the uh, national championship news conferences with the Alabama and Georgia coaches, uh, they were both asked Nick Saban and Kirby Smart, of, Nick Saban of Alabama and Kirby Smart of Georgia, were both asked about what they think about UCF uh, claiming a title. And Kirby Smart of Georgia says, well, I think that's UCF's opinion. And the Georgia fans in the back all cheered him and, you know, we got to score points, right? Then mm -hmm. Nick Saban, who is the devil, um, <laughs> says, well, as long as the system is subjective, it'll always be unfair. Holy shit. Yep. Yep. Wow. Sometimes the devil can be your friend. Man, I, I mean, he did care about humanity to the point that he wanted to show them love. What? 
Uh, this is comic books. The oh. Hellblazer. Don't worry about oh. it. Oh, <laughs> Hellblazer. Okay. Don't worry about I it. I forgot that, that was a documentary shot in real time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, what did you learn this week? Um, I learned something quite astonishing, and I only learned it yesterday. Did you know, and, and you're a good Catholic, so you probably did. Um, yeah, after I just know... talked about the devil being your friend. You well, me the your... only way to know that the devil is real is to know that God exists too. <laughs> so um, did you know, Tom, that you were supposed to leave up all of your holiday lights until the 6th of January? Yeah, I just took mine down yesterday. Yeah, I, I did not know this. Of course, being a Jew and then you know, on top I mean, of that. Not... You don't have to. A lot of people take them down earlier than that. But... Yeah, yeah, but you're supposed to leave them up until the 6th. Why is that? Why supposed to? According to what I was told yesterday, you're supposed to leave them up until the 6th because that's how long it took for the wise men to right. find the baby Jesus. Yeah, the Epiphany, January, it's just celebrated on the 6th, which in some religions and cultures is a much bigger deal than in others, um, is when the wise men supposedly showed up and brought the gifts to baby Jesus. So like the, and in or the Orthodox Church, it's a huge deal. Like They have the big uh, dive for the cross in the Greek communities. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've been to Epiphany over in Tarpon yeah, Springs once. Exactly, but it's a big deal. And I, like in the the Eastern Rite churches, that that's their Christmas. Like it's much bigger than regular than the twenty fifth of December. I was I was blown away by this. This this was literally like I had never considered it. I never even thought about this was the case, and it it made my head hurt because you always hear about the wise men coming to bring the baby Jesus presents, and that's why it's the twenty fifth. And da, 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 da. and again, as one not a Catholic and specifically not a Christian. This is all news to me. And so I I literally, my mind was blown. I, I had no idea it took them two weeks. How could they follow one star for two weeks? That doesn't well, make any goddamn sense. They came from the sense. Orient. We three kings of Orient, they had to come from the Orient all the way to the Middle East. That would have taken a lot longer than two weeks. Well, of course. But, you know, uh, let me blow your mind even further. The song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, Yeah, that's December 25th to January 6th. Those are the 12 oh my days God. of Christmas. But then why do we have the 24 days of Christmas on the Lifetime Network? And on on all of the ABC networks, too. Yeah. And the Hallmark Channel. Yes. Although the Hallmark Channel is more like the three months of Christmas, but whatever. Well, the, 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 and don't forget July. Um, yeah. This was, this was uh, uh, all of this information, mind-blowing for someone who has never heard about it before. <laughs> Just incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's like there are in some um, Latin cultures the like the feast of the three kings, which is the sixth. That's they have they have another round of presents. Like the kings put put presents in their shoes. They leave shoes out and presents. So it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, yours is a, a varied and ridiculous culture, Tom. I must say. Hey, when you combine lots of different traditions from Judaism <laughs> and paganism and. And so many places we no, had to pull from no, to Tom. get people to buy into the whole Christianity no, thing thousands of years no, ago no, uh, no. and make it easy for them. Uh, no. You know, you end up with quite the hodgepodge. <laughs> that's so why, the that's why we got, yeah, we got the rabbit and the bunny and the, the, the chicks and the eggs. And we got a tree <laughs> and lights and the, you know, it's a whole thing. It's just... It's, yeah. It's a Michigas, to use a word from your people. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, yeah. if anyone else has any mind-blowing information about the 12 days of Jehovah or anything of that <laughs> nature, 
um, you are welcome to tweet them at me at those two jerks. I occasionally respond, especially uh, if Jersey Mike says something to you. Jersey Mike says something to me. I've gotten other people to actually force themselves to respond to my ridiculousness. It is, <laughs> uh, it is, it is a fun, uh, entertaining time to spend on the internet. Uh, and uh, also calling out Newsarama for their apparent bullshit stories well, that actually, then have to be corroborated. That story was true, um, but the actor, and what, what we're talking about, because you and I texted about this, but the actor who played, one of the actors who played Alexander, Worf's son, on the Star mm-hmm. Trek shows in the 90s, passed away over the weekend at the age of 34. 33. 33. 33. Sorry. John Stoyer. Yeah. And he actually was one of the kids on that show, Grace Under Fire. He was the oldest mm-hmm. son on that show. Um, he only played Alexander in one episode. He was the oh. he was the first Alexander. When we first meet Alexander, that's him. And then the rest of the time on Next Gen, it's Brian Bonsall, who's Andy from Family Ties, who was still alive. Um, and then uh, then in Deep Space Nine, it was played by an older actor. But uh, yeah, oh. he only played Alexander in one episode. But he passed away over the weekend, which was sad. It is but, really uh, sad. He was very young, but. Um, in general, though, our you know our, our our Twitter is becoming kind of an interesting hodgepodge of things as well. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes. And Tom, if they want to um, do like apparently all of your friends and family have done, and join up on our Facebook page, how can they do that? They can find us Facebook.com/slash those two jerks. Click like on the page so you can keep abreast of everything that is going on. And really, who doesn't want to keep abreast? Or a um, thigh, at the very least. Exactly. Um, you can also email us if you have a question, comment, complaint, or uh, you're just lonely. Those two jerks at gmail.com. Call and leave us a voicemail. What do you think about UCF claiming a national championship? Uh, what, uh, what do you think should happen to the DC films from here on out? Do you think the Rooney rule needs to be changed? Uh, call us. You can leave us a voicemail. 321 Seven six jerks three two one seventy six jerks. You can find all that information at those two jerks.com, or at least most of it. So, for the Sussman Rick Sussman and the Vutastic Chris Vu, I am the Tom Alexander, and really, until we end up with something better to do, we will remain. <laughs> Those two jerks. (laughs) See you next time.